Welcome to The Table, where three women of three generations are navigating together how to pursue God as Father, Jesus as Lord, and Spirit as Shepherd through every stage of life. It doesn't always look pretty, and it's never perfect, but we're always aiming to sharpen each other as iron on iron. So sister, pull up a chair, settle in, and get ready to grow with us in today's episode of The Iron Women. All right, welcome back, y'all, to your next episode of The Iron Women. Uh, We're going to go ahead and get started with our connection question. I think I'm just going to sing those from now on. Perfect. You're welcome, audience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, what show or book always makes you laugh? (laughs) Friends. Friends, I don't know why, because I'm going to be honest, I don't find most comedians or TV shows funny to the point where I physically laugh out loud. Yeah. It's more just like an internal, like, oh, that was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. No friends. Chandler Bing, man. Chandler Bing be making me (laughs) die. I I can't, or Ross. They're my favorites. So friends, hands down. A book. I don't think I've had a book where I, I laugh. Yeah. It's more, if anything, I'm just like, I don't know. I've held, I've held, I will have nightmares about a book before I laugh about it. But <laughs> yeah, Friends is definitely a show that, that makes me laugh every time. Cool. Yeah, and I think there's some reels and stuff out there, shorts and stuff, like Facebooks and stuff yeah. like that, that, you know, you guys sit around and the three of you just sit on the couch and laugh and daddy and I are out of the loop. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, recently, in the last couple of years, my husband and I came on to a guy named Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, no spirituality them. there, but we do. We laugh out loud and our kids sit there like, this isn't even funny. Yeah. So it must be an age oh, thing. Um, so yeah, we we just actually last night we, we were watching one of them and um like yeah, Jeff just cracks up and when he cracks up, I crack up and so yeah, we also office makes us laugh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Some of those episodes. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We are not into like comedy sitcoms, even like movies. (laughs) Although I will say that. So that's what I'm going to swap out for. Uh, The movie that makes me laugh probably more than absolutely anything. And you guys want to watch a movie with me. Okay. I'll just say, cause I will crack up and not stop. (laughs) <laughs> okay, we might have to like pause this podcast at certain times because oh, maybe needs we don't to, like, want to watch it together. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to handle <laughs> no, that. that but yeah. it's, it's all entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> we, we're like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm that person. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, there's a movie called This Is 40. Okay. It's definitely not Christian. Okay. But it is hysterical. Okay. This is 40. Does, this does is my 40. child Just need do, to watch this? I, I think it's hysterical. But it's not like crazy inappropriate If you're or anything. not close to 40, can you appreciate oh, it? Oh, heck yes. Oh, okay. I think so. Okay. I think so. It's with that whole, um, you know, that one director with like all of those actors and actresses that he has to act in every single movie, like the, the oh. guy from Ant-Man. Yes. Uh, What's his name? Paul. Yes. Rudman. Paul. Paul. Rudman. Yes. So it's with him and like his whole crew. Okay. Of the ones that they like do movies and stuff yeah. together. It's hysterical. Do it. But I it. did hear you say like it's it's not like um not uh, super like, Christian. Not super Christian. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. It's not Christian at but all. But it's funny. But it's hysterical, and you will pee yeah. your pants laughing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
That's yeah, funny. that makes me think of some other movies. But yeah, sometimes it's good to have a good laugh. And I do belly like, laugh. Yeah, I do like um who's the Christian comedian? John Chris. I find oh. John Chris funny too, no, but I my don't. parents don't. I, think I don't he's find hysterical. him funny gen- at all. I think it's what? generational. Tim Hawkins, though. Oh, see, they love Tim Hawkins. Belly laugh. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say, half the time I do belly laugh with Tim Hawkins, but the other half I'm just like, I'm not getting it. It's yeah. not hitting me. But John Chris, every time, it's yeah. 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 Certain type of humor hits certain people, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love John Chris. So. Um, all right. Well, getting into our episode today, um, you have just been able to listen to hopefully the past two episodes where Deanna got to share her story a little bit. And then, um, I shared my testimony last time. And so now we have Erica's who we're just going to jump right into. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, so I'm currently 26 years old. I... I'm about to turn 27 in a little over a month. Um, but the last 26 years of life is, I mean, to me, it seems like average, kind of boring. But I guess, you know, listening to Lauren's and then uh, Mama's, you know, the Lord works in, in all different type of backgrounds. Oh, yeah. His hand is written on every story, even though it may not be as riveting entertainment. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, is, yeah. Yeah. Nonetheless, we, how mama kind of ended last episode, we've all come to the same point in order to trust Jesus. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, spiritually. So I was, uh, born. Yes. And that's my story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was born from the womb of the woman across from me. And don't say that. In 1996. <laughs> Um, I was actually fun fact. I was supposed to be born. My, I was supposed to be born on leap year day because 1996 was a leap year. And I was supposed to be born on February 29th, which only exists every four years. Right. Wow. So she tells a story that she didn't move all day that day because she didn't want me to have to deal with that for my whole life of only having (laughs) an actual birthday every four years. Especially knowing how like, you know, administrative organized she's in. Oh, yeah. I would have oh, hated that. I would have yeah, loved God knew what that. He was doing. Yes. So she didn't move. And then I was born on March 1st. Um, and so I grew up, I was born into a ministry home. You could say, I believe when I was born that y'all were in a little country church mm-hmm. and that's just what I, my first memories of life were church, to be honest, going to church, having to drive 30 minutes there right. and back multiple times a week. Um, Christian school life. Cause they were Christian school teachers as well as being involved in the ministry of that little country church. So most majority of my life has been centered in establishments that are faith-based, mm-hmm. um, whether that's school work, my family, obviously church, um, my friend groups, um, you could say that's like sheltered in a way, but, um, I've in, in many ways, I think God's protected me from so many things. Yes. Um, but still taught me lessons that needed to be taught even in the shelter, the sheltered life. So yeah, I was born to, uh, a Christian family, Christian parents. Um, my brother was born right under two years later. So we're rather, you know, kind of close in age, grew up relatively the same, uh, generation. And my childhood was kind of average. I'm so glad I grew up in a time before the whole technology thing kind of took over and streamings Mm -hmm. and, you know, iPads and iPhones and uh, that kind of stuff. Because 
me and my brother grew up, we moved into a, a neighborhood, I think when I was seven or eight, where they still live now, my parents. And that street, when we moved in, we were the perfect ages matched up with all the kids on the street, like all in that same seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. And we played outside together all day long. Mm-hmm. And when the sun went down, that rule was for our family, when the light poles came on, mm-hmm. you would better be home. And you did not go past the light poles on each other of the street ever. Even though sometimes my son disobeyed that. Yes. Yeah. And I would have to answer for him. Like I could control him. Um, but yeah, we rode bikes. We played outside. I was friends with all, like all the parents, you know, got to know one another. So it was like this trust with like, we're okay with our kids going into you know, these five to six other families' homes at any time. We all trust each other, have each other's numbers, can, you know, everyone respected, um, you know, the rules of each family as well, which I is, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like that happens anymore. Cause like when I think it was the end of that time period of life. Yeah. Cause we were by far the strictest on the, my parents were the strictest on the street. You know, there was a couple other, uh, Christian families, but then there was not as well. It was a mix. But, you know, they knew all people there's, yes, there's like, we go from, you know, playing with Barbies or playing house or dress up or whatever. And then they'd want to watch a movie and then be like, oh no, Erica can't watch that. Y'all pick another one. Like, yeah, Yeah. we'll do something else. So just a a really, really awesome childhood, to be honest in it, in it again, I was never exposed to anything evil. I would say like from a blatantly obvious, I just, I didn't go to public school. So that, you know, shields me from a lot of things, but at the same time being in Christian school has its own hurdles. Uh, it, it brings its own set of obstacles, uh, spiritually, but I'm so thankful that I've gotten the opportunity from the very young, I I knew who Jesus was. I knew God existed. Yeah. I knew ministry was a thing you just do. Mm-hmm. Life doesn't exist outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you treat people with love and everybody needs Jesus at the end of the day. Yep. So I've never known anything else. Mm-hmm. So at six, I that's when I met Jesus on a personal level. Um, I think daddy tries to tell me that this isn't what happened, but I remember <laughs> that I thought our pastor at the time at this little country church did a message on hell or something and salvation. And I just remember feeling conviction. Um, yeah. And I went home and I tried to go to sleep and it was just, if I die tonight, I'm going to burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, got to go talk to mama. <laughs> so I got up and for some reason, daddy wasn't there. Right. That night. And Ball so game probably something mm-hmm. he's coaching then. Yeah. Daddy wasn't home. And so I got up from bed, went to mama's bedroom, and I I don't even know, remember all the details of that moment. She made me remember more, but I just remember her reading verses to me and make sure I understood everything. Mm. I'm a sinner. God can't, you know, tolerate sin. He's holy. He's just. He has to punish it. Jesus took on the punishment and the wrath of God, and he sent Jesus who loves us. And if you accept him as your righteousness, then... Like she didn't use all these big words because I'm right. like a six year old, but right. essentially it was literally just like, here's are the points. If you choose to believe them, that's it. Yeah. It was nothing like, I don't think I remember her being like, you have to say it this way. Um, mm. Not going forward. You're, you know, we're going to do life this way. It was just mm. like, that was it. Yeah. And 
I remember just the second after walking away from her in the room that night, I was just like, huh, kind of like you said last episode, yeah. this floating elation as a six-year-old, I remember feeling a tangible difference. Yeah. Something in the core of who you are just yep. literally was like, all right, I can go to sleep now. Yeah. Your spirit comes like, alive. I didn't understand the implications of becoming a child of God mm -hmm. and my new identity and a new creation. And I didn't have like these external patterns of, you know, lavish sin at yeah. six years old. Yeah. But I did. I remember feeling from that point on like conviction when I lied to my parents, mm. when I wanted to take yeah. something from my brother. I remember feeling it. I didn't always listen <laughs> or confess it, but I remember feeling it. Mm. Um, so that was when I met Jesus. So that's 20 years ago, I guess, since I'm 26. So you've got 50 and you've mm -hmm. got 20. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. That. that is yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about that either. Like I said, went to Christian school literally from because my parents taught there. I was basically born and then dropped off. <laughs> six months later, I had to give you it six months. Yep. And I was at the same, which I actually love that I was at the same place with the same core group of like teachers who knew me, friends in my class, very small class. Like we graduated in 12th grade with like 16 people. Yeah. Um, and we did life with that same group of people and their families <laughs> from birth till 12th grade for the most part. Yeah. Um, so awesome. So it's a, it's like a blessing, but at the same time, it's like, you know, pros and cons, but I, I ended up loving that. And through that, it was, you know, normal played sports. I wasn't any good at anything, but I really wanted to go to just like hang, eat afterwards in the bus rides. So that's why I played <laughs> sports. I understood sports because I grew up in a home where ESPN was on every morning eating breakfast, you know, sports center top 10 type deal. She make a great coach at any sport. Yeah. I, I knew it because my dad has the coaching mind and he would, we, it was on all the time. And so I loved sports and a passion for sports. <laughs> I didn't have his talent or the skill <laughs> um, or quite honestly, the, uh, the physical capabilities <laughs> yeah. or desire to learn. <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, I just went for the social aspect. <laughs> um, but yeah, so normal there was involved in like, again, because it was a small Christian school, I was, you're in everything. You do yeah. everything. You're in every play. You play every sport. <laughs> you do all the extra, you're in choir. Yeah. You, you know, you do everything together. You go to every event. Um, so just a really, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Secure. Yeah. Yeah. Very secure. I walked around like I thought I owned the place <laughs> because I knew, you know, my parents are teachers. Like I know the closets, what they got behind them doors and like where to find staplers or like the lamination machine. I thought I was popular. <laughs> so both of your parents worked at the school? Yeah. Both of them for the whole time up until when I was in eighth grade, mama left teaching to do full-time women's ministry, start a nonprofit. And then my dad until, no, I graduated and my, and my dad was still there teaching Bible. He did P you were an elementary teacher mm -hmm. between second and sixth grade, switch back and forth. Um, I never had her as like a full-time teacher. She never taught Jonathan or me full-time. Um, and then I, Jonathan, my brother did have like my dad for like P or Bible class, whatever. But yeah, mm -hmm. they both taught there. So again, there's pros and cons with that. <laughs> When, yes. <laughs> when, For us too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword. When when you don't feel good, they can just walk down the hall and come get their kid. They don't have to call and wait for them to come pick them up. But at the same time, when you do something wrong, 
your parents find out everything and it's, they come discipline you. But you never did anything wrong, Erica. I had a lying problem <laughs> yeah. uh, for many a year. Um, yeah, I had a lying tongue. Um, got me in trouble more than once. She was a good student. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I loved school. Um, yeah. School, I thrived in school because it was organized. It was structured. I know a lot of people are like, I hated school. I'm not, you know, meant for the organization or the structure of it. You know, mm. everyone's different. I thrive in structure and organization. Yep. If you tell me you have an expectation on me, yes, I will exceed You'll it. You'll rise to the yes. expectation. I will exceed it if yeah. you tell me what you want from me. So school, I loved it. I was like an A student, except one, uh, I couldn't learn Spanish. So like <laughs> I got like my one B and I wanted to like die. The perfectionist <laughs> in me. Um, but my parents tell the story of like, they, me, me yeah. and my brother were very different. So <laughs> I like got my first, I would come home with like, a 96 and it would be like one X mark. I missed one question out of like 50 and I'd have like a 96 and I'd be like, I'm dumb. <laughs> I'm the worst student in the she world. She actually, we saw it cause we get those little paper packets on Thursdays and you know, they were always hundreds. And then this one came and she wrote in her own red pen, awful, awful, big X's, all of this. And so we had to have a talk with her right away about this perfectionism thing. We yeah. Won't have it. Yeah. 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 And then there's Jonathan when, he's, when he gets, when he gets a B, they're like, yes, yeah. it did the work. Who cares yeah. what grade it came back with? Right. Or the paper was in his bag. In. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. But Jonathan doesn't carry near the the guilt that I do every day. Yeah. So <laughs> it goes both ways. Um, so yeah, again, grew up in church. My parents were always like on staff, leading things, um, different places. So ministry is just a way of life. Mm -hmm. um, didn't know any, any different. And with that, I learned to love church because it was like not something I dreaded going to because I knew it was never an option. Yeah. And when something's not an option, it's the routine. Mm -hmm. I love routine. Yeah. So I love going knowing every Sunday we go to church, every Wednesday we went to church. Mm. And that's, I thrived in that. I got involved in a youth group um, in another church during the prime years where you would want to be involved in a youth group that was healthy and growing and had an awesome youth pastor and, yeah. and pastor's wife and trips and that I never would have gotten experience in the first church that was like the little country church. Yeah. You know, so that was good for me. I had like normal things. Like I played piano, um, which was looking back on it. I really should have stuck with it with yes. knowing what I know now. Yes. Mm -hmm. I tried. Years. I paid I've for 10 years, 10 years of lessons. lessons from four to 14. And they really did try to convince me to keep going, but I was like, it's just not for me. I hate it. I, I hate it. I dread it. I wish mm. I would have stuck with it. Yes. How <laughs> important that could have been, been used now. Mm. Um, but I was into, I had friends, but it was more, I've never been a lot of friends type of person. I've been yeah. like five to me is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I must have just a, everyone has different size buckets. And so emotionally, energetically, um, just so for like relationships, I'm always been, I have one to two close, close friends. And then everyone else is just kind of like, oh yeah, we're friends, but like yeah. who I'm going to really invest in. I personally can't go more than two or three. Yeah. Um, you know, I had, you know, your best friends going through. Um, so that's when I look back on my childhood is it's like, I kind of categorized by like the friend I had at the time, like <laughs> this friendship lasted for this long. They moved. <laughs> I had to find another new friend. Um, so yeah. then I went, graduated, uh, went to college. I should mention that 
I, my now husband came to my Christian school in seventh grade and was in the same class as me all growing up. So we have done more life together. A lot of it literally in the same room, five days a week. Yeah. (laughs) Um, More than most people like are married. Yeah. That are way older than us. Yeah. We have known each other on a friendship level for forever. Yeah. um, Over half of my life. Yeah. So all the way through, he was in the picture. Mm. There was some, you know, like, oh, we like each other, but I was not allowed to date. The deal was post high school. That's when the dating could start. Of course, there was, you know, some sneaking around. There was some letters written. There was some (laughs) phone calls at the best friend's house on the cell phone. Hence the lying issue. Hence the lying, (laughs) the deceiving. (laughs) Um, But he was really the only uh, one that like stuck around multiple times. And so our senior year of high school, we decided that we were meant to be, even though I wasn't allowed to date yet. (laughs) And there was an extended period of sneaking around and dating. Um, And then the parents found out as they always do. Um, And there was a mental breakdown um, (laughs) uh, on my part. (laughs) And so we were then put on parole. Um, And by parole, I mean, my dad was literally teaching him in a classroom every day. And so he could keep an eye. And then the other teachers were informed of what was allowed and what was not allowed. Love that for me. I love it. Was he he daddy? um, Was daddy his coach too? Also coach. So he couldn't escape the father of the girl (laughs) that he was trying to date, but couldn't. Um, But actually looking back on it, it's like that, that could have been any like better. Like who gets to say that like their father-in-law was literally their Bible teacher, their coach, you know? So did he have the same kind of upbringing that you did? So no, uh, he comes from, not a faith-based, um, like Christian, uh, background. And so what was his like perspective on all of these like Mm. rules? Uh Yeah. He didn't have no rules. (laughs) He had dated people in like public school and like middle school, like they actually date. Um, and this is kind of like before cell phones was even a thing for like young people. So like there really wasn't anything going on, but, um, he, like it was just interesting because he dated some other people in our Christian school yeah, um, for real. And then there was me and I was like, I'm such a letdown because nothing can happen <laughs> compared to the other girls. But he held out. He held out. Yeah. Um, no, he was very. He was very respectful of our yeah. rules. Yeah. She kind of was the one that would push. Yeah. 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 Someone had to. <laughs> it had to be me. Um, so, yeah. Uh, college. Went to college, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I've always had a heart for spiritual things, connecting with people on a spiritual relational level, but I did not want it to be in a, I knew I always said I never wanted to be a teacher and I never wanted to go into healthcare. Well, there's the only two jobs that you qualify for as a Christian woman. (laughs) And funny enough... I'm in healthcare, my full-time job, and I teach a class for my job on every Tuesday. So I'm literally teaching in healthcare uh, sometimes. But I went to college. I originally signed up to be a Christian ministries major. Just didn't know what else to do, but I knew I had a passion. My heart was kind of there, um, but didn't know what that meant. And they didn't really have any specified roles for like females. They're just kind of all lumped into one at the time at the the university I went to. So I just chose Christian Ministries. My mom took me to a dinner because she was kind of connected with the some of the leadership at the time here in the ministry program. 
And it was like welcoming people who wanted to be part of this, you know, program at this university and to meet the staff and like what your year would look like. And I remember leaving and I felt I'm not supposed to do this. (laughs) I could not. And it was so odd because I just assumed I'm a pastor's kid. I'm going to like a faith-based university. This is what I'm supposed to do. And then I left. I wanted to cry. I felt like I could not have not have belonged any less in the room in a weird way. Not that they were unwelcoming or anything right. like that. It was just like, right. I'm. this is not what I'm supposed to do. It was so weird. Huh. So then she was like, okay, you know, let's pray about it. Let's make sure. But then if this is what, you know, it's only your freshman year. People change majors Right, like three times a year in their yeah. in the first couple of years, uh-huh. you can figure it out as you go. And we, yeah. we never, I, I, I guess you realize this. We were never those type of parents that said just because we were in ministry that they had to follow that path as well. Not mm-hmm. that we wanted to discourage it, right. but you know, I wasn't given any options. Right. So it yeah. was just like you know, I just want, I wanted them to be what mm-hmm. God wanted them to be. Yeah. 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 So, so I just reverted to. A business major, as one does when they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> um, that one's safe. So, and, broad. I, and, and I knew like a lot of those classes, if I did change something else in a, the next year or two, could translate over. They'd still count the credits or whatever. So I was like, we'll do, go with business. And um, Matt also went into business, business degree. So we're in the same major, same classroom, same, same class schedule. Once again, he can't <laughs> escape me. Um, and... Did that, never changed, added on human resources later on just because it was easy and it was like three extra classes. So why would you not get a double major for three extra classes? <laughs> um, so did that all through this. I'm having like several jobs. Again, kind of all faith-based jobs. I worked at Chick-fil-A. Shout out. Let's go. <laughs> because Lauren, we told her she was not allowed to go into any other restaurants because yeah. myself having been going... I was working with one of the Christian rehab type places here and they told me that. Yes. Don't let your kids. I mean, it it is a thing. And so, yeah, she was very mad at me for that. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And I actually started, uh, they didn't still like, you need to like find something to do like in the summers and then like on the weekends where you're not Mm -hmm. playing sports and stuff, like y'all need to figure out how you're going to start earning money because we're just not going to like float everything you want to buy. Yeah. Like y'all need to, so like at four, no, 13, I started like working, um, in the summers, I was a nanny for three summers in a row for a, the same family who go to our, our church. And we all know. So at 13, I some, they somehow trusted me with like, I know. like an <laughs> eight year old, yeah. a six year old, a three year old, and like a newborn at 13. Wow. Yeah, a seventh grader alone, that eight hours a, a day. To your character and like it, who yeah. you were. So mamas don't do that. Unless yeah. They, yeah. She was very responsible. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, um, she helped raise her brother, so. Yeah, right. yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm qualified to do anything now with her, Jonathan. Um, so. Jonathan's still alive. <laughs> yeah, still raising him. Um, so, yeah, I did nannying for three summers. Then I went to Chick-fil-A. I did that for about three years. And then when I started college, I went to something is no longer in business, like the physical stores, but Lifeway Christian bookstores back in the day. Yay, um, I worked there for again, almost three years. So it's kind of like been three years every time. Um, learned a lot about, uh, leading a team there, uh, like managerial type task. And so that was really helpful. Plus it also like, I grew up in ministry, but it was like helpful to learn resources and names and like authors and like 
different yeah. Bibles and I learned the difference between translations and how to explain that to a customer and how to sell them on different, you know, what's the difference between this Bible and this Bible and, you know, just yeah. the... I can imagine how, like, how yeah. useful that would be yeah. to your own walk, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I worked at uh, Lifeway Christian Bookstore for three years, and then I worked for the university um, in the summers uh, f- uh, for a few things, like summer camp type deals. Um, also, like, shadowed and kind of assisted uh, some of the uh, col- Christian college leadership and staff there um, for, for a few semesters. So I was doing a lot. I also graded papers for people in like the business. I honestly, looking back on it, I probably worked too much because it got Mm. to a point where I was, I was choosing between like, do I have time to sleep and eat or like finish my, my work Mm. on top of, I always did more credit hours than required. Um, cause I I don't know, it's just who I am. So it's looking back, I probably didn't take care of myself as best as I could have. Um, yeah, but it's, you know, it is what it is. And every opportunity has kind of led me to the next as right. God does right. opens the next door through the door you've just been walking through. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I graduated. Oh, you probably mentioned I'm dating, dating Matt the whole time. Mm-hmm. So we dated for almost five years, got engaged as you do the Christmas before you graduate college, bring before <laughs> spring, whole deal. Is this the cycle? This is the cycle. Um, at Disney World. <laughs> got engaged, the dream engagement at Disney World and with my immediate family there and couldn't have gone any better. And then about a month after that, in January of 2018, my last semester of college, when you are deciding, you know, what career are you going to go into? And you're applying for real adult jobs. And then now I'm engaged and we need to start planning for a wedding. And, um, I just remember it started real small, just a little whisper. And it was not even a whisper. It was just kind of an unsettling, like something's off. Something's, something's not going to pan out. Mm. (laughs) And I couldn't, I thought it was the job thing because I didn't know what I wanted to go into. And I applied everywhere under the sun with a human resource department, Mm. um, you know, between here and an hour away. Yeah. And I was hearing nothing. So I was getting anxious about like my future. Yeah. And then on top of that, the unsettling just kept growing with my engagement to Matt. Um, and then I graduated, we graduated from the university still engaged. And then about three weeks after we graduated, the Lord over the last six months had kind of made me so uncomfortable, yeah, so unsatisfied and quite literally even emotionally flipped my whole heart around and was like, I actually ended up being disgusted by the person, like for no reason of his own, mm. but like the Lord had to do that in me because I was not going to break off this engagement for any other reason, unless he literally made it so physically, uh, I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, I couldn't be in the same room. That's how like strong it those became. were lovely times for our family. Yes. Yeah. Those, I can't imagine. those family yeah. meetings were just really uplifting and encouraging <laughs> for us to walk through. Um, and so the Lord ended up telling me, you're not supposed to get married and you need to break this off. And did that um, the same day, I love to say the same day that I broke off my engagement with my then fiance and boyfriend of five years. 
I also accepted my job that I'm still in right now. Mm. So like an hour apart, I emailed back my now boss and was like, I'll accept this job. And then I ended my engagement. It was a big day for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, life-changing sure day. remember the date. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> June the 11th of 2018. She remembers all dates. Um, and it was a Saturday. I need one of you in my life. <laughs> so, yep. Then I started my new job a week later and kind of catapulted, catapulted myself into a working woman's life. I'm still living at home because um, no longer getting married. So I'm not moving out anymore. Mm. Um, and I'm now single for the first time since I've been allowed to date. I had never experienced yeah. singleness yeah. or being alone emotionally, mm. not dependent on someone. So hmm. three years of singleness was a chapter of my life. Um, it is. It's all threes. You know, I've never noticed that until I said that a minute ago. <laughs> yeah. That is so odd. Um, but yeah, three Maybe years. that means I'll have three grandchildren oh, in three words. years. Or three baby girl grandchildren and three baby, baby boy In three years. <laughs> if y'all can't see in that tiny little camera over there, Erica is rolling her eyes like mad. <laughs> I actually don't like the number three. We're sorry. Because it's well, an odd yeah, number. Sorry about yes. your It needs there. to be two or four. Yes. I can't handle I'll odd I'll take numbers. four grandchildren. <laughs> okay. Uh, so three years of singleness, and to this day, I wouldn't have written my my story at the time that way. Yeah. But I would not trade the three years of that for anything, for lots of reasons. Yeah. My relationship with God, my father, would not be what it is. Yeah. My relationship with my parents would not be what it is. My relationship with friends and a community of girls in my church mm -hmm. that we built together would not be what it is. Yeah. Um, my relationship with myself would not be what it is. Yeah. Without the three years of my dream being stripped away, my whole plan for my life being stripped away, and you're just left literally with you have a new job, you're living with your parents. And you don't know what you're doing. And that looked a lot like crying and yeah. tears. The first year was awful. Um, feeling like I had done something wrong. I had missed the voice of God somewhere sure. along the way. Sure. Yeah. Um, you're, sec you're second guessing every decision you've ever made. You know, also not to mention there wasn't really any prospects of <laughs> people wanting to date me. You know, you think you've been like dating someone for five years and you're like, oh, there's probably people who like, I walk by and they're probably like, oh, I would date her if she was available. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, not like, yeah, I'll just say there really wasn't prospects on the horizon <laughs> for me the whole time. But looking back on it, the Lord, that was oh, so much his hand because yeah. I, I needed it to be me and him. Yep. And nothing else and no yeah. one else for an extended period of time. Yeah. Um, because I needed to go through a whole year of grieving a dream, yeah. grieving a whole life plan sure. I had for myself and finding him in the quiet, him in the tears for a good year of grieving and just admitting to him, I don't like this. I'm discontent and I'm upset and I'm alone mm. and I don't like it. And then it's so important to learn like just how to be honest mm. in front of the Lord too. So I commend you for that. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. And out of that, another thing that would have never happened was songwriting. Mm. It was birthed out of, I had no other way to process 
And I never, ever thought that would be something I could do. I actually had tried previously. I had like this little folder in high school where I was like, I'm going to be a songwriter because I love music so much. <laughs> but I hate piano. And I'm going to be famous. <laughs> but I hate, but I hate piano. piano. And we tried to train her up in the way she should go. <laughs> Made yeah. every effort. Yeah. So I was like trying to like write these like like teeny bop songs back in the day in high school. I still have all I those documents. Them. They're I so dumb. They're so embarrassing. One, please. They're awful. So I tried, but I was like, ah, this isn't meant for me. I'll just have someone else write my songs when I get famous. Um, so, but it literally became the only way I could communicate with God about what I was feeling mm. like there was reading the word, but then it was like, when I would read the word, there was, you need to write it down. Yeah. Because I wasn't internalizing it um, mm. as my own sure. from him. Yeah. Because um, I, I had that. known so much through Christian school, through Christian parents, through parents in ministry, through being in church your whole life. Like, there's not many a message I haven't heard. Like, uh, I've yeah. heard every outline. I've heard every <laughs> yeah. illustration. Yeah. I've heard every <laughs> biblical principle there is, you know. Yeah. Um, but I never made it my own, even though I was a believer, I had never taken it to the relational aspect of like daily. Yeah. Relating to him as father, finding Jesus as my friend and the spirit shepherding me actively yeah. every day. So after about a year of songwriting was used a lot of literally just writing the Psalms. And then it was like, oh, I can make the Psalms like mm. those are really just talking to God. Very. Yeah practically about your feelings and how his truth matches up to your feelings and your truth ultimately wins out. Yeah. And songwriting came out of that and that's a whole other thing, but it, it actually, I think saved me relating to him in that way. And after about a year of that, the Lord did such in my little bedroom, like somehow, which I, I don't have the bedroom anymore, <laughs> but like, it's even like weird to think about like my life changed in that bedroom. Yeah. Like on a nightly basis. And I actually ended up somehow he changed my heart once again to loving being single yeah. and like, not just in a, like a, I need to say that I love being single because I need to put on that. I love being single when really I would die. If like I would drop dead. If someone asked me and I'd go on a date tomorrow, I actually kind of became like, I don't want a date. Because my parents would be like, yeah. yeah, her daddy was like, do you think we need to like help Erica with dating and stuff? I'm like, no, let her go. She's fine. Yeah. She's yeah. becoming who she's meant to be. Yeah. yeah. There'd be people who'd be like, oh, well, we know this guy or mm -hmm. something like a mutual friend or whatever. And I'd be like, probably not. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of doing, you know, doing my thing over here with Jesus. I loved it. Um, yeah. And also, like I mentioned, my relationship with my parents and my brother, like my family in general. Um, if singleness would have never happened and I would have gotten married at 22 years old, fresh yeah. out of college, this would not be happening. Sure. Right. We would right. not be sitting here. It'd be someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I could not have sit across a table from her and have conversations like these, how we do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cause there was a few years she didn't like me very much. Yeah. That we didn't okay. like each other. It was yeah. just like the facts. True. Yeah. We just butted. Yeah. yeah. And like every mom and daughter does, but we're so alike in so many areas mm -hmm. and we yeah. both had our, our spiritual weaknesses. Mm -hmm. It was not good. Mm -hmm. And people look at us now and they're like, someone recently at church was like, Oh, I wish that me and my daughter had what you, and I was like, <laughs> be careful what you ask for yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's unique and I'm so thankful for it now but it it hasn't it hasn't looked like this for most of our life <laughs> yeah but 
um, that forged a relationship with my parents where I became, they became my friends mm-hmm. instead of like my enemies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As bizarre as cliche as that sounds, they actually became the only people I trusted on planet earth. Mm. I didn't trust anybody else. They got me through it. So there was that. And then, yeah. I mean, the girls that I ended up creating relationship with through the singleness, um, I also hate using the word season, but I'm not going to go into that because stage, even that I struggle with stage because it implies that there's an end and I don't know. We won't go down that road. Okay. (laughs) I have an entire journal entry Mm -hmm. dedicated to why I love seasons. Yeah. No, I don't negate the fact that there are seasons. Like it's all in Ecclesiastes, right? She has this thing about words. We're going to go there. Let's add this to our topics list right now. I say that because I, God changed my perspective on singleness because biblically he calls people to singleness and it can be for a season or a stage or a a period of time, but there's a lot of times it's not. I mean, Paul, yeah, Mm -hmm. Paul was single and there's, and, and he did Jesus, Jesus. (laughs) And I mean, they do, you know, you've heard a thousand times over and like, you know, Single people are the MVPs of the kingdom and they can do so much more because they don't have the weight of the burden of the marriage and the children on their schedule. And like, yeah, that's true. But like for real, like singleness is actually kind of so liberating (laughs) because you can, it's just you and him. Yeah. And there's not a lot of voices coming in at you that you're responsible to take care of. And I learned his voice, the Holy Spirit's prodding. I learned to the word is the hill I'm going to die on. Yep. I ain't going to die on nothing else. Yep. And there was a group of girls in our church that were also single. Many still are. And they're still going on <laughs> this, like doing it together. Are you invited to it? No, no. And they do so much cool things. Mm. And I hate that I can't go to them now. And I, oh. I kind of love that you're not invited though. Cause it totally <laughs> does like just make yeah. it so, no, yeah. this is for single yeah. people only. But I started a kind of like a girls single group in my, in my home, in my parents' home at the time, um, a Bible study. And we did two studies and then a book study. It's like two Bible studies and then a book study together. Yeah. So we did three things together. And those girls, like to this day, there's just a, a level of connection. Like when I look at them, yeah. even from across the room, it's just like, that's my sister over there. Yeah. Like we've walked through, yep. we've prayed. We were honest together. We were vulnerable together yeah. for three years. And we, we did it. Like we put in the time with Jesus together and there's just nothing else like community centered around studying the word together that can forge friendships any other way. So that was huge for me. Um, And then, oh, all the while I found um, a way to kind of use my uh, spiritual gifts, um, which are prophecy and leadership admin um, I never knew what that meant for me, especially as a female. You know, it's hard when you have prophecy <laughs> and watching my mom try to navigate that as well. Um, how to use, where to use um, your gifts biblically and efficiently. And so I found. Can I stop you there real yeah. quick and get like a nice, solid definition of what we mean by the word prophecy? You want me to take that or you can take it. if you Declaring truth. Mm-hmm. Declaring God's truth. Yeah. And there, there's just something about when you when you learn something, 
and you have to tell other people. Yep. Yeah. And that, that at the very basic is, yeah, it's, it's not like, you know, I can foretell the future or anything like that. Oh, right. A wish at times, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it's helps. just, you're in that moment and, and you see something happening. You just have to, Yeah. you have to like, this is what God's taught me. I have to tell you yes. this. It's a compulsion yes. from within you. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. you can't mm. hold it back. Yeah. 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 So I knew my gifts from like high school. Um, I knew, but I never knew like, yeah, how do I use those um, in my specific faith family, how to serve my local body and combined with the whole songwriting being developed. And when we came to our church, when I was a junior in, in college, uh, my uh, family moved to a, a another local church and my dad became a senior pastor there. And about a six to eight months later, I was given the opportunity asked to be on the worship team there. And mind you, we had never come from a church that had <laughs> anything like what like we we were part of now. We sang specials, and even then, yeah. it was like, yeah, that's a whole other. That's gonna be a and whole you topic. You didn't hold a microphone. Oh, no microphones being yeah. held. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's a whole thing. Oh yeah, but, that's going on our topic list too. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was you know very structured, very you know needs to look a certain way not a lot of emotion being involved, like your heart, yeah. you know, coming from. So I had never seen what I'm a part of now, Yeah. but I knew that like, I, I've always loved music. I've, I've loved music ever since I can remember. Some of my first memories are listening to music and my parents tell the story that yeah. I just actually recently learned. I didn't know this until maybe a year ago. What? The one in the back yes. of the car? Oh, well, I've told you that. You <laughs> say that, but I, I would have oh. remembered that. Yeah, I was driving home from the little country church that she referred to, and her and her brother were in car seats in the third seat because they didn't like to sit in the second seat of the van. And so um, we had at the time a Southern Gospel group on, and the song itself was going on about the names of names of God. Mm. And I hear Jonathan, who's two years younger than her, and this is about them. They're like maybe five, three, six, four, something like that. Yeah. Um, he said, what are you doing, sissy? Stop it, sissy. What are you doing, sissy? And I look back in the mirror and, um, you know, she has her hands raised. Well, we didn't we didn't do that mm. in our churches. And, um, and she's like, it's just, it's just making me think about God and I feel about God and, you know, the hearing these little voices back oh, there. Yeah. And for me, it was just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we, we, you know, we knew pretty early on that she got it yeah. and, um, <laughs> Yeah, and Jonathan was like, "What you doing, sissy?" Yeah. <laughs> Says that to this day. Yeah. What are you doing, sissy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm worshiping the Lord, Jonathan. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would have never. The point being, like, I would have never seen that at the little church we grew up in. For the most part, there was no like praise and worship style. It was um, more hymn book, um, yeah. choir. Type, yeah, that type just of came songs. natural to her. But it was li something in me compelled as the, it's all over the scriptures in the Psalms. Yeah. When you worship, Hands how can up. you? Like, yeah. I, yep. I need to be, it's like a little girl reaching up to her like, mm, mm, like I need yeah. to be here. Yeah. yeah. It's, I can't not do it another yeah. way. I probably need to get close to the mic there. But um, yeah, it, it's just always been in there. And when we came to a church that like, that was the norm. Yeah. It was like, I feel like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Like, 
and I was given the opportunity to come on the worship team because they were in dire need of, yeah. of, of some people. So me and my mom actually were invited to be on the worship team because they didn't have anyone else to ask. <laughs> and it was like, we're the last resort, the new pastor's <laughs> wife and daughter. We heard they can maybe sing and hold a harmony. So get her up there. Um, it doesn't matter what this album is. No. And we love our worship pastor yes. and would do anything for him. Yeah. So. so, and I've been on it for over six years now. And I remember the first Sunday being up there. And for the first time in my life, I remember feeling like I was created to do this. There was an aligning of like my spirit with the activity of leading a room in worship to God together. I was like, I found it. This is it. And like on a spiritual level, we're all, we're all called to that and designed to that. Right. But so yeah, uh, worship leading just, I found my, I found my thing and it's where my heart lies and my passion and. So that's a big part of my story. And then uh, three years after being single, the Lord quite literally drops old Matthew from the sky. Um, and I had sworn, I not only sworn off dating in general, him especially. <laughs> I was like, nope, you said no. And that meant no for good. Yeah. That's what I said. I said, so when old Matthew texted me one night, ask him for prayer. As, <laughs> as they do coming back. <laughs> he knew where to come. Um, <laughs> no, but I literally was like, uh-uh. No, that part of the heart has been closed off. You said no and no means forever. And I told God mm. what he meant by telling me no. I've been there. And he said, sis, you just wait. Like, you just wait what I have in store. And I don't know how else to explain it, but utter sheer redemption just in so many conversations were had for about three to six months between me and him so much healing like reviewing things from when we had dated before that we had never circled back on because you don't talk to your ex after you break up and they move on you know they're dating um but there was so much healing in conversations there was recognition of Sin, there was recognition of need for growth, spiritual growth on both of our ends. Um, Mm. And I felt like I had been growing in my singleness and he was coming out of uh, kind of not really walking in a Christian lifestyle, whatever. Sure. And he felt like he had come to his end Mm. through the last three years of his life. Yep. And so basically the Lord has brought us back together in the weirdest of way. And where I, for about three to six months was saying, I literally told Matt, I was like, so this is just friendship. Um, this is never going to turn anything else because we've, we've decided that wasn't for us. Um, I can maybe, you know, help because I was one of the only people he could trust that he knew was like, loved Jesus, but also would be straight with him and knew him well yeah. enough to be yeah. comfortable enough to, to have those conversations. And, and I was like, and then we'll go our separate ways. And we're like, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> and here we are. Um, we dated for about a year and a half. No, we dated for a year after six months of just being friends, the Lord redeeming so much in us. And he, once again, flipped the heart where before he flipped it off. Now he's flipped it back on. And there yeah. was emotions where before I was disgusted. Yeah. And that's not like a, a slight to him. Right. To it was like right. the Lord had to bring me to that point. Right. For, to convince me to say, let's cut it off. Yep. So then for him to bring back this love into this area. I was like, uh, uh, we're not doing that. Um, Mm. that it was something he could have only written the story that way. Yep. We dated for a year and 
got engaged and then got married uh, just about five months ago. Did and you get married on a special date? Okay, so <laughs> Morin was the actual photographer of our wedding. That was so much fun. Such an honor to be able to like. Such oh. a great And now job. to like hear the whole story is yeah. super fun. So. so yeah, we got married on September the 7th, which was actually the date we had scheduled to get married the first time around because it was the date that we both decided that we were going to date and be together forever back in high school, which sounds so nice, like simple and naive, but isn't that funny? I just remember when I was 17 years old, I remember we were sneaking out on a date. I had lied about going to work and instead Matt picked me up and took me to Wendy's of all places in 2013. And he had already um, made the like initiative of like saying like, I love you and that kind of stuff. And I was like, I'm not saying that. Cause I'm a Christian little girl and I'm not saying that until I know you're my husband one day <laughs> as we're taught to do guard your heart. <laughs> All that kind of stuff. And, um, but, um, I remember just looking back and I looking back on it, it's obviously God, but at the time, you know, people probably be like, Oh, that's just your like feelings. But like, there was something in me that knew in like the core of me, like mm, this is the person. Mm-hmm. So then five years later, when God said no, I was like, uh, something in me before I thought you told me this was the person. That's why I gave my whole heart to this person. Yeah. Um, and then for him to do it over again, it was just, so we got married on the same day It's even the same ring, the same dress, the Mm, same location venue. venue. Yeah. Crazy stuff. But been married five months, still in the same job that I've been in for uh, four and a half years now in healthcare. And yeah, just walking, worship leading on Sundays Doing and life. Doing life. Yep. Yeah. Man, it's it's so cool to hear your story and especially too to see the dynamic of the two of you guys, like mother and daughter, knowing yeah. that the three years of singleness played in like such a key role of y'all's relationship dynamic and even allowing this. Cause there's something that I've gotten to hear just like little tidbits of your story throughout the last couple of years of knowing you. And I'm always just drawn to this whole idea of like your mama just sticking to her guns and you now liking her anyways. Hmm. Cause I think it's such a lie for us to be told that we need to be friends Hmm. with our kids Mm -hmm. and we fight it. Like that's a, that's a whole episode to me because I think the common thing that I said to her a lot was, listen, this isn't about you liking me. This is about I've been called to be your mother. Yep. And I have a responsibility. Yeah. And so, you know, it was just kind of like I was doing that fingers crossed. Okay, God, you know, that one day. Yeah. You know, one day she would be my friend. Yeah. And, um, you know we'd have a relationship that isn't mushy gushy. We're not that way. Maybe we need to be more. I don't know. (laughs) But we are. We, um, yeah, we're close. We know each other pretty well. And I depend a lot on her. And there's mutual respect. There is. Like there's so much fruit. It's just like the four of us in our family have been through things that only the four of us in our home know about. Yeah. And witness together and walk through together. And it's like, when you walk through certain things, it's like these three other people know. Yeah. So it's, and every family has that dynamic. I think she's referring to a lot of, you, you throw the aspect of ministry in. Right. Which throws a complete 
complete different dynamic into the family yeah. environment. Yeah. Um, a lot of things that they had to know yeah. just because, and they, they've, right. kept, they've been really good at keeping the secrets yeah. that were not allowed to, you know, that they would overhear and stuff. So, you know, some of those dynamics yeah. and the hurts of ministry. Right. Just growing up behind the curtain. It's not yeah. glamorous. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's people, you get phone calls at 3 a.m. of you need to go to hospital or, you yeah. know. But in, in today's day, too, you just hear of so many moral failures of, mm. like, oh, ministry yeah. families. Yeah. And so to hear y'all's story and that, like, you you there wasn't this huge underlying, like... And there's no other way to explain it other than, like, that was Jesus. Because... Well, uh, yeah. yeah. Because a lot of potential Especially for, for, like, our weak areas that each of us brought in yeah. to the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the things that our family has, particularly my mom and dad, have had to walk through. Yep. And somehow they've come out with no scandal or, yeah. like, giant... Um, yeah, uh, like, issues, but not these, yeah. like fall from the yeah hundred foot and i know we diss on jonathan a lot but (laughs) you know he's he's an amazing young man yeah and has really stood his ground on a lot of things being in the marines yeah and not having really any other christian friend there yeah and so yeah yeah we're we're blessed we know we know this is god yeah (laughs) we'll definitely have to expand and do like a whole episode or maybe even several just on the idea of parenting and, and just the things that come along with that, you know, because I think, uh, it's so necessary to encourage these young mamas and just moms in general, like, Mm -hmm. no, hold the line. This like people, I'm obviously not a parent yet, but the the, the one thing I feel like I, I have the, not authority, but like the grounds to say, because I was raised a certain way was, and now we're here where we are is, um, you're like responsible, like for Mm -hmm. their, yep. Yeah. Soul. Not yeah. like on us getting saved, but yeah, like we are to you are, you are to protect and raise and your guard and, yeah. guard and put boundaries into place and protect them. Yeah. Um, and hold the line. And they listen, they may hate you. I hated my mom. Yeah. I would yeah. even say, like, you don't love me. Yeah. We have yeah. those moments. We screamed, slammed doors, crying, yep. didn't talk for two weeks, right. like ignoring each other in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Like all that is yeah. true. Yeah. But like looking back, I would not change it. I really wouldn't yeah. because mis- you can't take back like consequences of sin. Yeah. And when sin, is, you're sheltering your kids from sin, you're sheltering yeah. them from actual more pain. Yes. Than just enabling whatever their whim they're wanting to yeah. get into. It's yeah. incredibly encouraging. So thank you for sharing. Appreciate yep. it. Okay. Shall we get to our fun cup? Yes. And yes. Close this one out. What is your least and favorite thing to shop for? And what do you splurge on when you've got a little extra fun money to spend? I think we probably are very similar on this. Me and my mom are going to be the same. (laughs) Least I can't. Oh, the money on groceries. And just, I mean, especially now. Oh, yeah. So that's like the least favorite thing. Yeah. Bills and stuff. Yep. Um, But, you know, when I get money, I don't care. You know, I have, you know, do some things in the house and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be clothes. It's going to be accessories. It's going to be shoes. It's just who I am and I'm okay (laughs) with it. And, yeah, so... Yep. That's, that's where it's going for me. Yep. What was the beginning of the question? Your um, least favorite what thing. What is your least and favorite thing to shop for? 
And what do you splurge on when you've got a little extra It's going to be clothes or food, like going out to eat. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I like that. Or coffee mm. um, from certain places. And my least favorite thing is like anything to do with, I guess I've not had this in a while, but like I used to hate shopping for um school related things. Like I loved the process of getting new pens and binders and a backpack and all that kind of stuff. But it was like having to, in college, like buy your own books. Like yeah. <laughs> what a scam. <laughs> like yeah. you literally sell them back to them. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, For like a quarter of the fraction. Yeah. Oh, or, I hated that price. kind of stuff. Yeah. I hated, I feel like I was wasting my money on something I'm never going to use. What, you know, yeah. Whatever. But yeah. <laughs> that dumb education. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How about you, Lauren? Uh, well, for me, um, my probably my least favorite thing is uh, y'all insurance. Oh, just yeah. We me. can't even talk about insurance. Uh-huh. Yeah, we lose our Jesus attitude. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so that would by far be the least favorite thing that I have to spend money on. And I'm going to not go on a soapbox right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my favorite thing to shop for, uh, Y'all, I really love like what I do yeah. <laughs> as a career and it, technology has definitely flatlined. And so it's made a lot of this really cool, like techie equipment, quote unquote, affordable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they are always releasing like new fun, like gadgets that will help you do what you do better and more. And, and so, yeah, that's kind of like my little, I just, I love, I love new tech. I love new gear. I love photography equipment. I'm yeah, I'm a geek. Like I love it. Give it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But because you are, we have all this equipment Seriously. that we're sitting in this room with right yeah, now. And it was so much fun to like research it all and like figure it all out and like uh, put it all together. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That was, that was a fun, yeah. fun little uh, season for me. So yeah. yeah. Thanks y'all for helping me <laughs> have that. We're enabling season. You. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that does it for this episode of the iron women. Erica, thank you so much for sharing. Um, yeah, incredibly encouraging. I know to, to me as a, as a young mom raising up kiddos and sometimes having to hold that line, you know, even with them being, uh, only five and six years old right now. Um, so yeah, it's cool to see the product of what that could be. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 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 So thank you guys for joining us. Stay tuned, uh, for next week's episode, we're going to be diving into familial cultures within our church and just maybe the importance of that and some of the ways that you guys can take some of that and apply it to, to your own church. And of course, what the word of God says about it. So yeah, yeah. looking forward to it. Thank you guys for joining us. We will see you next episode. Hey sisters, thank y'all so much for spending your time with us. We are excited and expectant for everything Jesus is going to do through these conversations. If you found this encouraging, insightful, or if it brought you some moments of joy or laughter, go ahead and share this episode with your spiritual sisters to keep today's conversation going. Then come on back and hang out with us on the next episode of The Iron Women. Oh, 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 oh